Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Good morning. My name is Becky Olson, and I am the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, and in fact, I'm kind of dealing with my fifth one right now. Um, I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And for those of you who don't know, and if you've been listening for a while, you do, um, my book is available as a hardback. It's also in Kindle format and audiobook format. And 10% of all my net sales will be donated to Breast Friends. So with that, I want to, before we introduce our guests, I want to talk a little bit about legacy. Um, You know, I think that as we age, we start to think about our legacy. You know, what, how do we want to be remembered when we're gone? And there's a a book that I've talked about on this show. It was just a little book I found in in a Christian bookstore. And it had a foreword by Tim McGraw, and it had his... CD in the back, um, Live Like You Were Dying, and inside the book was just a lot of little quotes and and inspirational comments, and one of the things, one of the the statements I read was that we're all terminal. Some of us are just lucky enough to know it, and I think that when we face a cancer diagnosis or really anything terminal or we lose a loved one, we start to really think about, you know, our, our legacy and our own mortality and how how we're going to leave this world, and I, I think we all want to leave leave it better than we found it. At least I hope I hope that's what you want to do. Um, and I, but I think there's a lot of people who think that the only way you can leave a legacy is to have your name engraved on a building, you know, like on a library or a hospital wing or something. And and that's certainly one way to leave a legacy, but. Generally, that just requires a lot of money <laughs> and a willingness to part with it. Um, but there's also other ways you can leave a legacy. You can, it can be written on the lives of others by the things that you say or the things that you do uh, with your kindness and, you know, living things that you're, that you're passionate about and just, you know, taking care of the world around us and the people in that world. So I, I want to just encourage that. Uh, it's just because there's there's just so many things that we can do to make this world a better place. And with that, I want to introduce our guest. And she's no exception to that. She actually came into our world, to, into the world of Breast Friends, by reaching out to us about a message that she thought was really important to get out there. And I think that that it was it was great. I reached it back to her and I asked her if she would like to be on our show to share this message because I think it's important. And we're going to talk a little bit about oncology massage. Now, I know it might not be a very exciting title, but it's really important because we can be damaged by having the wrong kind of massage therapy when we're going through a cancer battle. So um, we're going to talk about an example of what it isn't. And I, I want to share with you, I went into a little neighborhood shop recently for foot reflexology. And it included head, neck, arms, and leg massage. And this gal was so rough on me, it actually hurt me. And I really kind of couldn't wait for it to be done. I have a port 
in my chest and it goes up into my neck and she was pushing so hard on that it was almost like she was trying to make it go flat and it just doesn't work that way a port is not supposed to do that that's how I get my infusions and my my blood draws and stuff so it was really hard and I think that she wasn't she wasn't an oncology massage therapist by any sense of the imagination. I tried to tell her to be gentle, but she didn't understand English. So I really couldn't wait for it to be over. And when our guest, Julia Morrow, wrote to, to me and asked about how to get her message out, um, she is a, an oncology massage therapist. And I called her on the phone. We chatted for a little bit. And she really understands the special needs of cancer patients. And I can't wait to have her share what she knows. So please welcome Julia Morrow. Hi, Julia. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> well, really excited to have you. I Because I, this is a really important topic for those yeah. of us who who are dealing with this very subject. So, But before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of, of oncology massage, I would love our listeners just to get to know you a little bit. I know you have cats. You love cats. But why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your family, hobbies, you know, just anything you that you think our audience would enjoy knowing about you. Okay, sure. I know I can talk for an hour just about cats and kitten rescue and bottle-feeding kittens. So. <laughs> well, we can't do that. myself. But. No, not today. <laughs> Different program. Um. So you Gosh. said cat rescue. You have you have rescue cats. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know if anybody, everybody out there knows what TNR is, trap, neuter, return. It's when you take feral community cats and get them spayed, and neutered, and vaccinated, and then put them back healthy and and safe and and not producing kittens back in their little neighborhood where they live out sure. there. That little yeah. life. <laughs> well, that makes sense. We, we have a rescue dog that we got about almost four years ago now, and he came from a kill shelter down in, in Sacramento. And, you know, I don't know how he ended up there because he's a sweetheart. And kind of the same thing. Oregon goes down to, to California once a week and comes back with a truck full of of dogs and cats oh, that were great. that were destined for death yeah. and then they neuter them or spay them whatever they need to do and and I got I was the first person to see this little guy and oh my gosh he's just the sweetest thing ever so I totally value the idea of adopting a rescue animal they're Absolutely. just they're so sweet so you married got kids any of that my kitties are my children. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. They've always well, been my children. And well, uh, so let's see, what else? Uh, well, I grew up in a little village in the woods of Connecticut. Really? <laughs> and now uh, I'm, I'm living in a suburb of Los Angeles. And um, Boy, that's a big move from the woods in Connecticut to a suburb in L.A. <laughs> one wow. close to the next, yeah. How'd yeah. that happen? Uh, uh, well, it was for actually uh, my previous career. I was a sign language interpreter for 30 years. Really? And um, actually went to different colleges in different states and all that. Anyway, uh, yeah, after after college, got my interpreting degree. And um, that's how I ended up in California. So... Worked in different levels of schools and universities as an interpreter, did freelance. Anyway, I retired from that, I guess it's now three years ago. Wow. And then um, in 2004, I went to massage school. So I was doing both for a while because mm-hmm. I was trying to ease out of the other career. I was just burnt out, you know. I yeah. I've been doing it for 
20 years at that point. So Mm -hmm. my interests were changing, and then I just... um, you know, retired from the one and because and, uh, I just wanted to do massage. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. Well, I'm so glad because we need people like you. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. So let me ask you, how did you choose oncology massage? How did, how did that decision come about? Uh, well, the whole time I was in massage school, I knew I wanted to be a mobile therapist, and I am a mobile therapist. So going okay. into people's homes, into nursing homes and such. Mm-hmm. I also knew... I definitely didn't want to just spend my new career working in a day spa or a chiropractic office. Um, I wanted more control. I wanted to work one-on-one with mm-hmm. clients. Um, and I wanted to come at it from a medical, physical therapy point of view instead of the, uh, you know, you go to a day spa and you just want to relax and have some lunch and maybe a facial, you know, as, as the client and um, that is very, very healthy to be able to relax. You know? For but, sure. But as a therapist, I wanted, I felt I wanted to do something more interesting for me. And so that's the way I approach my massages with yeah. anybody, you know, whether they have fibromyalgia or they're, um, you know, in a wheelchair, they've had a stroke, the elderly, you know, it's always been, what can I learn more about? the anatomy and physiology and help them with range of motion and, and stretching exercises and as well as, you know, just massage. So, yeah, so, yeah well, I uh, was one of the very few in the L.A. area back mm-hmm. then who had any cancer massage training. There are obviously more now, thankfully, <laughs> all over the country, but, but that's how it started. You know, just started to yeah. take some uh, classes and, and um, getting different certifications and uh, in both lymphatic drainage therapy and oncology massage. So, what? How would you define hmm. oncology massage? Um, it's more about what's in my head than how okay. I touch the person. It's like, what's the difference between an oncology doctor and a primary care physician, right? Okay. It's well, obviously, the knowledge that he or she has in in their head. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so we have to know about all the different types of cancers, the side effects, the, uh, you know, mental, physical fatigue and the pain and the anxiety, uh, the side effects of illnesses. I mean, of the uh, medications. And as far as um, when I put my hands on a client, I have to be very careful with the pressure of my hands, what's called site consideration. So the site means the place where I would or would not touch. Uh, kind of like the lady that did the foot reflexology and was trying to need my <laughs> my my port area because it sticks up, and she was like, "It's like ah, stop, no, you know, careful there." Yeah, please and don't she, go back there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want anybody alone. who's even in perfect total health, a non-cancer patient. To go to those places, they're on every corner around where I live, these Chinese foot massage places. And if they don't speak English, they obviously didn't get trained and licensed and certified through a any school or agency here in the United States, right? So you don't know what kind of training they did or did not have. <laughs> and True. if they hurt you, what recourse do they yeah. have? Well, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to, to you know, 
kind of disrespect that industry because you know they have a purpose my my daughter loves the hard pressure and and she said the gal that did hers was too light so she loves that hard pressure and and if you don't have the concerns of being a cancer patient on top of it maybe it's maybe it's fine you know so I, I don't want to disrespect the people that are doing that but I do hear what you're saying I really do and it's and it's important if you are you know a cancer patient there are special considerations that clearly you need to go to a, a specialist and and what's interesting for me and I kind of I'm going to put myself in a category with a lot of people many of us don't know that oncology massage is even a profession um, they don't know that they should be seeing an oncology massage therapist instead of a regular therapist, um, which, you know, I found, I kind of found that fascinating when you reached out to me because I just, it was, this was a kind of a new concept for me. And I've been doing this for 23 years. I've been battling cancer off and on. So, so I was really um, pleased to hear, you know, that this is something that exists and, you know, and it's real. So let's talk about is, is it safe? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, there's a whole profession of oncology massage therapists around the country and internationally. (laughs) You know, I don't have specific numbers. But, uh, yeah, I was even talking to a client the other day at a chair massage event, a cancer survivor, and she had no idea that the oncology massage profession was a profession. So it was really nice to educate her. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just... uh, Wanted to tell her very strongly, yeah, you need to see an oncology uh, massage therapist while you're going through treatment and even for some time after. It's a different world, you know, and and we want to keep you safe. Right. So, uh, yes, it's absolutely very safe. Um, More and more hospitals around the country are even offering massage, bedside massage for inpatients inside the hospital. Yeah, down, you know, for even very, very sick patients and um, you know if somebody knows what they're doing they uh, the therapist just really knows where to touch where not to touch and obviously the sicker the person the lighter the touch we call the lightest of touch uh, we use the level of lotioning that's the phrase that we use so if you imagine putting uh, lotion on your arm it's that level sometimes of of uh, of pressure you know no pressure <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're going to talk about that because that's certainly a key factor in when we do lymphatic drainage. But before we go there, we'll probably do that in this in the next segment. Although we have quite a bit of time left here, so we we may well that's jump no, I'm into talking that. about massage. I'm not even talking about lymphatic drainage there. Right. I'm just talking about uh, the just, massage pressure. Yeah, just that touch sometimes is just really relaxing for sure. So Absolutely. are there are there any contraindications oh, no. of of this kind of uh, therapy? Uh, yeah, for um, for contraindications for any kind of massage. Um, let's see, a few of them might be um, if you have a fever. Okay. Or if you have a really bad cough. You know, there's just something going on. If you're sick, just, you know, stay home. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't spread it around. We don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to spread something through your body as we're touching you. And also, you, uh, let's say I'm, I'm very healthy, but if, if, you come to see me, um, I might pick up something sick from you, and then I work with other immunocompromised people, and I wouldn't want to spread something to them, you know. Yeah, that so makes sense. So you don't know if you're contagious. Um, if you have untreated high blood pressure, you don't want to get a massage or oh, untreated really? heart now disease. Now, why is, why is that? What, tell me about that, the blood pressure. Um, because 
we are increasing local circulation. So wherever okay. we're working, you know, we're increasing circulation. It says we call it passive exercise. Any kind of massage is called passive exercise. So when you exercise, you're you're increasing the blood flow, pushing and stretching muscles, and all this. So there's more volume of blood going through the heart. And if your heart can't take it, you know, uh, and through the, the, the vessels, if, if they're already weakened or, or stressed, that might not be a good idea. See, that's so interesting to me because I would have thought, and again, this is why I'm not the expert in this, you are, but I would have thought that massage would be very relaxing. And so if you have high blood pressure and you just do a, a light touch massage, like the, the lotion touch, like you were just talking about, that that would be relaxing and it might reduce your blood pressure. But yes. is that is that yes. not in true? In general, if you get regular massages, it tends to reduce your blood pressure. But I'm talking about untreated high blood pressure. Just okay. Un- if you have this way on the other end of the continuum. Okay. Just so not a, a not weakened just... system. You got to be really careful with high blood pressure and and heart disease. We 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 use the word untreated. Ah, uh, okay. So if it's real serious, yeah. You know, let's say if somebody is so sick that even if they lie on their back, they're out of breath and they they're having trouble breathing and. That's that's more of a you know near emergency situation. Yeah, anyway. but no, that's that just makes, on the list, you know. That makes um, sense. So untreated high, when I mean, you're talking about, you know, define high. I mean, I guess high is different for different people because you know I have I tend to have low blood pressure, and so when mine hits, yeah. you know, one thirty, that's high for me. You know, one thirty over whatever eighty, that's that's high for me because mine usually runs in the one twenty or less. And but for other people, high might be. 160 over something. I, I, I don't really understand how all those things work either. So, um, but anyway, listen, we're going to, we're going to actually take a break. And when we come back on the other side, we will continue this conversation and stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about oncology massage with our guest, Julia Morrow. And before we move on to another part of this, Julia, I think you still had a couple things you wanted to say about the touch and the sight, um, you know, working with the different sites on your body. Did you want to um, clarify that just a little bit more? Oh, it was just our discussion about how oncology massage is different from other types, other modalities of massage. And uh, yes, we have to be, we have to know uh, you know, where we can touch and not touch on the body and why and the direction of the strokes and why they might go up and down uh, versus down and be real careful about that. The positioning of the client's body, maybe they can't lie comfortably a certain way. Maybe they need mm-hmm. lots of pillows. Uh, maybe the length of the session has to be a little shorter, especially if you're in the hospital feeling really poorly, right? You'd have a sure. much shorter session. Uh, what do we do if the person has a port? As you mentioned, you have a port. Uh, how many lymph nodes were removed and from where, if they have lymphedema or not, if mm-hmm. uh, they've had radiation, any exit wounds from radiation, when was the radiation? You know, just sure. a lot we need to know and discuss with the person and and uh, and just to, to keep them healthy and safe and feeling better. So no, That's great. Yeah. That, good points. Um, so question who can, who's actually a candidate for for oncology massage and how soon after treatment can you start that process it's not even after treatment as okay. soon as you find out that you have cancer you're you're still okay to have massage just as you were the day before okay so people can have oncology massage at any point before, during, and after their treatment. That is okay. what's so great about it, as long as you see somebody who's properly trained. Good point. Because uh, yeah. if, if you've got surgical scars because you just had a mastectomy um, or you know lymph nodes removed or something under your armpit, you, obviously if you've got fresh, fresh stitches and things like that, the, the therapist must be very careful and maybe just avoid those areas altogether, I presume. That's absolutely part of our training, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you for this program is to tell people, please don't put off getting your massages. You know, it's wonderful for mental de-stress and physical mm-hmm. de-stress. It's a spiritual thing. Please keep going. It's going to help you with your anxiety and your pain relief and help you better sleep and digestion and self-image and, and help with your appetite and help with your neuropathy. So, yeah. It helps with appetite? How's that? Oh, yeah. Any kind of massage will stimulate the appetite, which is um, one of the reasons they're trying to offer it more to the elderly because they often just don't feel like eating. Um, but there's something called the parasympathetic nervous system. So as all of us relax, our digestive juices increase. And so sometimes you, you'll be getting a massage on the table and all of a sudden your stomach starts rumbling, people get embarrassed, and I'm like, no, it's <laughs> supposed to happen. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just a little, uh, little physiology thrown in. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's all part of the relaxation response. So, okay, this is going to sound gross, and I'm just going to say it because I know I am not alone in this. So I'm just going to put it out there. This is this is what we do. We roll this way. So 
one of my hesitations toward massage therapy, and even even not not even oncology massage, but my whole life, I have never been comfortable on a massage table. Partly because I'm afraid I'm going to get so relaxed that one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to fall asleep, and then who knows if I'm going to snore, I don't know, or I'm going to pass a little gas. <laughs> is that normal, or is that just yes. me? Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, it's it's such it's such flattery to me, the therapist, to have somebody fall asleep on my table, right? Because it means I'm I'm relaxing them so much that they fall asleep. Some people do fall asleep, and some people snore. <laughs> it might be a momentary thing, and then they jerk awake. Did I yeah. fall asleep? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's then, what I do. So I can never relax just, enough to enjoy it. Oh you know, no, 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 we want you to relax. That's what the whole point is. Yeah, some people just drool a little bit. <laughs> But uh, and then yes, occasionally you get so relaxed that you you might pass a little gas, but that's okay. <laughs> Part of our job, you know. At that, that point, I kind of feel like I'm a nurse, and uh, they have to deal with bodily functions too all the time. It's I'm sure deal. it's all clinical. It's just you know. <laughs> Part of what the human body does. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't offend anybody with that very visual image. But, um, but you know, I think it's, it's true. And I've known other other people that, that kind of stay away from massage for the same reasons. They, they just don't want to embarrass themselves on the table. Oh, no. And so what I'm hearing from you is don't be embarrassed. That's It's very normal. I've to, even read online where many women, especially who feel that they're very overweight, they're too embarrassed to show even parts of their bodies to a therapist and they'll never get a massage because they just are not happy with their body size and shape and it's like oh are we, please, are we ever please no <laughs> I mean we love everybody on the table it's, <laughs> it's what we're there for we want to help everybody get healthy oh. <laughs> you, know, you know that's relax, relax, encouraging so. and, and maybe that'll even help me change my mind about some of this stuff um, so can hospice patients get oncology massage can they benefit <laughs> or can they benefit from it Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So even if somebody's feeling really poorly and they're very weak, whether they're in the hospital or in a hospice uh, situation, even at home in hospice care. Um, yeah, I've worked on, on people. It's, it's very safe. And if they're not feeling well, we, we might just do a foot massage. Most people can handle a foot massage. Yeah, that's what I thought I was getting the other day with my foot reflexology, and all of a sudden it's like, you're working on other stuff, what's going on here? And it was really, it was really uncomfortable, partly because I wasn't expecting it, but, but yeah, foot massages. Yeah, they weren't great. But uh, when somebody's really, really sick, we, we change over to things that are called therapeutic touch or comfort touch. Uh, We might do what's called holds which is just when someone would come over and comfort you, they'd place their hand on your arm and just right. hold it there. You know, we do that with, with anybody who's upset. or It just it does amazing things for the nervous system and for the mind. And, and, and touch, even, uh, even with people who are, let's say they're elderly and they're close to death, you know, if they're, they're still feeling the touch. You know, they can sense when you're there. They can... You know, your brain is registering. <laughs> and um, like I mentioned before, there's something called the level of lotioning. There's different levels of pressure mm-hmm. that a therapist uses. And so, again, with somebody's feeling very sick, um, we might just use, put some little, you know, lotion on the body, just very, very light touch. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, is still so relaxing for them. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, touch is so important, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I actually fired a doctor over her inability to do that. And um, and I, I know that sounds really harsh. And and let me just explain for a moment. She she had taken over my care after my first diagnosis. My first doctor was, she was lovely and, and very huggy and she wore Birkenstocks and <laughs> she was just, you know, I, she was just that person and I loved her to pieces. And then she retired and passed me off to a colleague. And the colleague was very knowledgeable and very informative and all of those things. But she and she cared for me for six years, did all my follow-up stuff. Well, when she had to diagnose me again, she sat across the room and 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 gave me my diagnosis, never looked at me, and my husband actually had to get up and go get the box of Kleenex from in front of her oh. to wipe my tears, and she didn't even know I was crying. And the funny thing is, I wasn't crying about my diagnosis. You know, I'd been there, done that. I was crying because I was afraid I was going to be too sick to give a speech at, at the Komen luncheon. I was speak, I had been invited to speak at the Susan G. Komen luncheon here in yeah. Portland. It was a big deal, and I was afraid I was going to be too sick on chemo to do that, but she didn't even know, and that I was crying and had she ever at any point pulled her little rolly stool up to me and put her hand on my leg or on my arm, anything to indicate any level of compassion, I wouldn't have left her. But I thought, you know, this is, this is crazy right now. I need more. I need, I need that human touch and a person instead of a surgeon. Yeah, exactly. And my husband was there and, and he, he wrapped his arms around me. And so that was fabulous. But had he not been there and my experience was her across the room reading some stats to me, it's like, wow, you know, so touch just that little bit of touch. Like you said, just touching the hand or touching the arm is, it is a form of massage, I guess, in a way I hadn't really thought of it that way, but, but it really, it really is important. So, and I think we all, we all need some level of that. So it communicates so much. Yeah, it really does. So let's talk about lymphatic drainage um, therapy because, you know, a lot of, a lot of cancer patients, and I think probably especially, well, I can't say especially, but uh, many breast cancer patients, because we get, you know, the old process is to take all those lymph nodes out from under your armpit. Right. And and that caused, I had my, my first time I had that, second time I, we did sentinel node, which was a little different. But right. but when I had that first time, my lymph my lymphedema was so, so bad. My arm swelled up like a sausage. My fingers got really fat and it was just, yep. it hurt worse than anything else I was going through. And um, and there is a process that I'd like you to describe to our our listeners about how to deal with that through um, manual lymphatic drainage, which you call MLD. Let's call it that for short, because yeah. it's a mouthful. <laughs> I know, I know. There are a lot of uh, acronyms in this profession. MLD, manual lymphatic drainage. Um, and what I want to tell people first, what I really feel strongly about is is that we don't use the word massage. It's not. Lymphatic drainage massage. Okay. Um, it's lymphatic drainage therapy. Okay. Just because with massage, most types of massage, we're we're accessing with our hands, a therapist's hands, what's called the soft tissues of the body, muscles, tendons, and ligaments. With lymphatic drainage therapy, we're not pushing that hard. Even with the you know the, a light Swedish massage, we're we're not touching muscles. We're not going that deep, so it's technically not massage. And um, when sometimes uh, somebody will say to their doctor, "Can I have a lymphatic massage?" The doctor thinks, "Oh, massage would be too 
too strenuous on your body, no. When they are a candidate for lymphatic drainage therapy, which is super, super light touch. So, you know, that will help if you use the right terminology. Right. <laughs> that okay. will help everybody to clear up the confusion. Well, you know, uh, I know we have that question coming up, but let's just answer it right now. So the reason for the light touch is because the lymphatic system really just kind of resides right under the skin, right? Right. That was my next point. About 70% of the lymphatic vessels in the body are just under the surface of the skin, and they're one cell thick. So if you imagine like a hair, a hair on your head, you know, are these lymphatic vessels. We're, oh, we're talking tiny, tiny They're structures. that thin. Okay, they're I didn't know that. They're tiny structures, yeah. Okay. Lots of tiny little tubes in the body. And so that's why we cannot press hard at all because we're going to crush these tiny, you know, little vessels. We're going to pinch them shut. Now, it is a momentary thing, but still, if you're trying to increase the volume of the lymphatic flow through your therapy session, you don't want to be blocking it at the same time as you're trying to move it. You know, it's going to... Deplete. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> so really lymphatic drainage therapy is a very, very gentle stretching and releasing, stretching and releasing of different points on the skin, on the body, in a certain procedure from the throat all, and neck area all the way on down. And um, we move the lymph up towards the neck area, which is actually the ending point to your lymphatic system. Um, and we just want to increase, encourage the lymph to move faster, increase the volume of the flow. It can uh, increase it. Um, the numbers are up to 20 times, they say. Wow. <laughs> the regular amount during the day that gets filtered through the body. And um, so doing this treatment, we're reducing swelling, whether it's um, edema, lymphedema swelling, or let's say anybody had knee surgery, right? You're going to be swollen at that site after surgery. It boosts your immune system. Uh, Helps with general detox. Around here in L.A., a lot of people do detoxes and fasts. um, So they want to get some lymphatic drainage therapy for that. And... uh, uh, let's see what else. Well, let, let's let's go back for just a second because we probably have some people listening that are new at this whole thing and don't really even understand why they might get lymphedema. But basically, when okay. just maybe yeah. you can tell me if I'm explaining this right and correct me if I'm not. But basically, when you have lymph node surgery, you know, like when when cancer spreads through the body, it spreads through the lymphatic system. So they check lymph nodes. And to see if there's cancer in them. And so when they pull those out of your body, that disrupts the path that normally carries, you know, the the lymphatic fluid through your system. And you need that because that's also your immune system. And so it's not just all, you know, doing bad stuff. It's doing good stuff too. But when it, when it, um, when you pull out lymph nodes like that, it disrupts the system. It's like putting a roadblock in the way. And so you have to clear a path for the lymphatic fluid to continue and it may have to go a slightly different route. So you're kind of yes. kind of pushing it through and making it go a different path, but mm-hmm. still to keep it moving so it doesn't swell up in your arm and kind of get stuck there or in your knee, as you were just saying. Is that, am I close? Absolutely, right. So let's, let's talk about breast cancer. Let's say you had... Uh, surgery on your on a breast and the surgeon had to take one or more lymph nodes from the armpit um, and then yes you're at risk now for the rest of your life for getting lymphedema in that the arm on that side mm-hmm. just as you said because they either took out lymph nodes or you had radiation which damaged 
permanently damaged the lymph nodes there, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lymph from the fingertips trying to travel up the arm as it norm- normally would during the day, it gets stuck and blocked. It's like a dam now in the armpit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the... Uh, that's the frustration is, well, they need to, doctors need to check or remove these lymph nodes, but uh, the more they take out, the, the higher the, the chance of lymphedema you're going to uh, potentially get. Yeah. yeah. You know, my, my doctors were pretty good about warning me about, you know, that this could happen, but not all of them do. And so what could you, can you describe for our, our listeners, what would be a sign that, that your lymphedema is setting in in case their doctor didn't tell them? And, you know, sometimes they're so busy doing other things that I think maybe they just forget, um, or maybe they don't really, some of them may not realize how bad it can get. But what are some of the, the early symptoms and signs that a patient can look for and go, whoa, this must be lymphedema? What Can you give us some early sure. symptoms? Sure. Yeah. And I meet people all the time, uh, and, and they say, I said, did your doctor or nurse tell you anything about lymphedema and the you know, you need to know about it. I don't want to scare you, but you are, you know, possibly at very low risk for some time in your life. And they say, no, I don't know what that word is. They never talked to me about it, what to be careful mm. about. So I do a lot of educating. Um, so, yes, what what you want to, as a patient, uh, to be aware of in your own body, it's called subjective feelings. What you are feeling in your arm or in your leg, for example, is do you have a sense of heaviness in the arm? Uh, if you wear a watch, is the watch band suddenly tighter? And it never was before. Your rings, they're just oddly tighter. Puffiness starting in the hand or fingers. Uh, if you wear a, a banded T-shirt, like, a, you know, at the, the bicep area, is the band of the T-shirt really tight all of a sudden? Is it uh, harder to bend your elbow? And um, let's see, what else? A little bit of pain, obviously. So it just feels different from the other arm. Those are subjective feelings. You want to be aware of those at the very, very early stages. Yeah, and that, you know, and I did go in for for the manual drainage, and it was so helpful um, to have that done. And then she taught me some some things to, um, you know, kind of do myself when. When I um, when I st- first started to feel it, like if I woke up in the morning and my hand was swollen, she taught me some yeah. some things. And we are going to go out to break right now, but when we come back, can we talk about that for just a minute? Like maybe what are some of those things you can do to when you first start to feel it? Would that be all right? Sure. Great. Okay. So let's do that when we come back. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the 
power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about oncology massage with our guest, Julia Morrow. And Julia, just before we went out to break, we were just starting the conversation about what are some things that that the patient can do if you wake up in the morning and your hand looks swollen, you're starting to feel those those um, symptoms of lymphedema. What are some things that they can do maybe on the spot in the morning to try to reduce it back down to um, normal? Can you share that with us? Yes. And this is not just things to do in the morning, but all the time. Throughout the day. (laughs) Yeah. And anytime. And this is for people who already have uh, lymphedema. They're called risk reduction practices. So, for example, you want to elevate your arm or leg uh, and when, whenever it's feeling extra swollen. So that could mean uh, if you're sitting on the couch watching TV, get a stack of pillows next to you and prop up that, that bent arm up onto the, the stack of pillows. Or um, your, your leg, you can lie on the floor or lie on your mattress and, and prop your leg up on the wall for about 15 minutes. Okay. Because gravity is working on us all day long and it's <laughs> pushing, pushing lymph down to our ankles and, and you know, swelling us up. So you can always do that. Uh, what we also suggest to people uh, with lymphedema is don't get blood pressure taken or your blood drawn on the affected arm. Always uh, have that done. Tell the nurse. They, uh, you know, most of them obviously will already know, but make sure you tell them, you know, take the blood from my other arm. And when you do gardening or washing dishes, put on those gloves, those rubber gloves, because you uh, have to be very, very careful not to get nicks and cuts. You're at increased risk now for infections. You might um, Infections might hit you harder than other people, harder than they used to with your own body. So be careful with that because um, your immune system is a little bit down. Again, it goes back to that your lymph nodes have been taken out or they've been damaged. 
Um, so that will depress your immune system just a, a smidgen. Um, if you have a sleeve, whether it's off the shelf or whether it's custom, definitely you want to wear it when you get on an airplane or even if you go up to the mountains, which is an interesting thing. A lot of people don't know about that at elevation, <laughs> airplane and, elevation or mountain elevation. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And and Different just things. one point on that, um, you, you probably, I mean, there are official fitters, people who know how to fit you properly so you don't get one that's too loose or too tight because if you go, you know, not the, if you don't get the right size, that can cause more harm than good. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. so go to go to a certified fitter that knows what the heck they're doing before right. you just go buy something off a shelf like an ace bandage or whatever. So um right. yeah. with very, very mild, um, you know, we we don't even call it official lymphedema. Uh, yeah, you might be okay with buying a, a little stretchy sleeve or, or, or gauntlet uh, for the hand uh, from a, a drugstore. But, yeah, custom is, is much better because then they can add the, as they sew it, they add the pressure in the right places where it's supposed to be for your particular situation. Um, we also suggest people don't spend a lot of time in saunas or hot tubs. Um now, this is like, you know, half an hour every day, an hour every day, which I don't know if too many people do that. But again, it's just the heat can ex- really exacerbate it. Um, and then uh, it's really important to exercise. If you're really heavy, it is so important to try to get the weight off. Um, even a drop of seven pounds will really reduce the the limb volume of your arm or leg. It's really important to to look at how much exercise you're getting and uh, and get your body as healthy as possible so it, it can function with its limitations. Of the, so uh, exercising is okay if you've got lymphedema, but you just might have to be more careful with how you're doing it because things hurt. I mean, I remember it was it, it just lifting my arm over my head when it was so swollen was, was very painful. And again, you can find uh, therapists, personal trainers, uh, exercise therapists. Uh, I myself am what's called a cancer exercise specialist. Look for people with certain training in working with cancer patients um, so that, again, you're, you're safe and mm-hmm. they can show you careful stretches for range of motion, strengthening exercises. When can you start lifting weights? When is it you know, too dangerous at that at your point yet? Get your balance back. But yeah, you can start exercising right away after surgery, but as long as you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing and can create a personalized program for you. Yeah. So a couple of other quick, you know, thoughts on on this. So for you know, for that person who's dealing with their arm swelling right now or their leg swelling right now, one of the things that the therapist taught me was just some some gentle stroking techniques to try to clear the pathways myself. One of them involved putting my arm up over my head and yes. and tipping over, you know, like leaning over to the side just to just to stretch it and get get that movement, you know, going in my arm and then some gentle stroking techniques on my arm so that I could try to move that fluid myself before it got really, really bad. So there were things like that that just kind of helped me, you know, kind of keep it under control. And now, I mean, my my arm, my right arm, which had the lymphedema in it, is still larger than my left arm, mm-hmm. but I don't feel the lymphedema in it. I don't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't get super swollen anymore. So it is something that can kind of eventually work its way out, right? Well, 
the arm sizes may never be exactly the same. Right. But it sounds like you're doing really good self-care and, uh, yeah, your body is able to drain most of the lymph out of that affected arm, sounds like. So yeah. that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so before we run out of time, because we're in the last segment, um, let's clear up a myth. And that is that some patients think they won't get lymphedema because their lymph nodes were clear and didn't have cancer in them. Right. Uh, talk right. about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a misconception. I hear that so often. Uh, yeah, people say exactly that. Oh, I'm not at risk for lymphedema, um, so I don't need to know about it. I won't get it because I didn't have cancer in the lymph nodes uh, that the doctor took out, and that has nothing to do with it. What right. may cause lymphedema is simply the fact that a person has a damaged lymphatic system. So if you have one or more lymph nodes removed or they are in the body but damaged because you've gotten radiation, right. that makes you at risk for the rest of your life for getting lymphedema. It so may be nothing a really small risk. I don't yeah. want to scare anybody, but that is what it is. It's just simply the dam that's there that prevents the lymph yeah. uh, from moving. And you said something about stroking uh, the arm, doing some self-MLD. I want to make sure people are not just stroking uh, the skin because to get the lymph moving from where it has uh, incorrectly flowed to outside your lymphatic vessels, Mm -hmm. what you'd have to do is actually stretch the skin and release and stretch it. So you can't, you're not doing any good by simply stroking your fingers up up the arm you've got to right and she gave me a a pattern of a way to do that so like I started at the shoulder to move that fluid out of the way and then further down the arm so so basically I I would just suggest to our listeners because there is it's hard to explain this without visual I know when you're talking to your therapist um, who's helping you ask for some techniques that you can do at home because there are some things you can do proactively to try to minimize the the impact of you know and I, and I it's very helpful it was very helpful for me so um, we're going to move on I want to ask you about myofascial release um, because that you know I've had radiation a bunch of times and because of that you know everything kind of gets stuck together you know the skin sticks to the muscle sticks to the chest walls, you know, everything kind of gets stuck together. And, and, and it's, it's all because of scar tissue that kind of forms in there. And I talked to a lot of radiation patients that have the same experience and it hurts. You move something and everything hurts. It just tightens up. And so there is a process called myofascial release. It's another modality of massage. Can you talk about that just quickly? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're right. It's like sticky (laughs) inside the body. Um, It's it's just the permanent, almost permanent scar tissue and the way the collagen lays down after being injured. Um, And it's really hard because it the skin just doesn't want to move the way it used to. And if one area is tight, it starts pulling on the area next to it, and then that eventually starts pulling on the area farther away and farther away. It almost gets worse and worse. So yeah, myofascial release, myo is the Latin for muscle. Fascia, we have fascia all over the body. It's it's like a little spider web. You know, the uh, the thin skin on a uncooked chicken, 
That's yeah. fascia. <laughs> okay. Covering that muscle. So we have uh, we have fascia in the body. So myofascial release is is just a way uh, to loosen up any area of extreme tightness, and it it helps to bring the fluids in, back into the area. And so try to break through those blockages in the collagen. And um, it really is good to, to do that with scars once they're, they're healed and not so, you know, open and red and painful and angry. We do a lot of scar tissue release. And it's, uh, we can start stretching and holding to, to soften up the fascia because fascia can be, when it gets tight, it's like a, a window screen. It's just really rigid. You can't really put your fist through a window screen. You know? Right, right. But interestingly enough, if you stretch and hold as much as possible, very gently hold for 90 seconds up to five minutes, they say, on an area, the fascia tends to heat up, and they're not quite sure of the chemical changes going on, but there are chemical changes where suddenly the fascia completely relaxes and becomes more gel-like mm-hmm. and soft. So over time, this myofascial release is going to encourage very gently the body to soften and be more workable. So we, um, we do what's called skin rolling, something called an S-curve, um, some gentle tractioning of the tissue, just little by little, uh, just a few minutes at a time. And I've, I've had clients tell me they feel wonderful relief after Good. just yeah. working a few minutes around scars and around yep. And I've had that done. I, I have to completely agree because it's painful. It's almost like your lungs are giving birth. Anyway, we are out of time. And I just, I can't believe how fast our day went. But we are we are out of time. And um, I, But I do want to ask you, how can people reach you if they have any more questions? Um, yeah, give, I need the very short answer. Okay. My website is massagebyjulia.com. You can also please check out the website s4om.org that stands for Society for Oncology Massage to find a therapist. Wonderful. And don't forget to ask your doctor, too, because some doctors have really good therapists on their, on their, uh, in their black book or whatever. So make sure you ask your doctor. And if they can't help you out, then there are some resources, as Julia just mentioned. Well, we are out of time. Julia, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. Um, this show will be available in our archives in, in about an hour for those of you who are listening to it live, maybe an hour or two. And then um, you can listen to it as, as many times as you need to if you need to hear the information again so so with that um i want to again thank you this podcast if you're listening for the first time um you can download us on any of the podcast apps that are out there because we we have a a great it's pushed out there to everything and you can find us very easily so with that we will be back next week until then remember there is always hope and we are here to help you find it Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.